0: Hi, and welcome to episode 7 of Rambling About Greek Mythology, a lax podcast where I just talk about a lot of Greek mythology. So today's topic is the Gigantomachy, a term similar to Titanomachy that now just indicates the fight between the gods and the giants, the children of Gaia by Uranus' blood when Cronus cut off Uranus' genitals and yeeted them. This is the third and final test of the gods and whether they are the supreme rulers of the world, heavens, and universe alike. As the past two episodes, this episode will discuss what led to this fight, what happens, and what comes out of it. Without a further ado about nothing, let's dive right in. Just like last time, Gaia is not happy with the gods and the way they rule. This time, she's even more angry because Typhon lost, so she sends her children, the giants. So, who are the giants? I'm going to first list out the names of the relevant ones for this battle, then I'll go into their description. So we have Agrius, Alcyoneus, Clytius, Enceladus or Enchiladas, Ephialtes, Eurytus, Gratian, Hippolytus, Mimas, Pallas, Polybotes, Porphyrion, and Thoas. They are not necessarily all of the giants, though. There are a couple that we will get to talk about later. There's also Eurymedon. Eurymedon is considered to be the king of the giants, although only seems to have one notable myth story that's pretty crude, in which he raped Hera and she bore Prometheus. For this, he was just killed by Zeus. But that's like the only story. But seemingly, he is the king of the giants, so that is just something to know. So, let's describe the giants. The giants were way more human-like than Typhon, Cy- the Cyclopes, or Hecatoncheires. Although, that doesn't really mean much. They were born at slash Phlegra on the peninsula of Palini and Thrace, again, I have no idea where that is, I just know it is significant. They were also said to be, from the waist down, scaly dragons. They're pretty powerful. Um, to give an idea, they tend to carry rocks and huge tree trunks as their weapons. The latter is the means by which they actually assaulted Olympus at first by lighting the tree trunks on fire and then chucking them at Mount Olympus. Seems pretty interesting to watch. An interesting issue though uh, that the gods had to face this time around compared to the last two fights was the giants could not die unless wounded by both an immortal and mortal. Having heard this oracle, with the gods were kind of at a loss for what to do. Gaia also, aware of the prophecy, had made an herb that protected the giants from mortal blows. So, even if they got a mortal, couldn't be affected by them. Zeus swiftly had Helios, Aeos, and Selene stop traveling their usual paths so there would be no light for anyone to see the herb before he could get to it. I don't understand how he beat Gaia to it, the person that made it and had it, but he did and he plucks the herb and removes it so that the immunity was removed. Then, he recruited his son by Alcmene, the daughter of Electrion and Anaxo, Heracles, to come fight alongside the gods. So, let's stop for a second just to talk about this. So, Alcmene is the daughter of Electrion, who is the son of Perseus and Andromeda, Perseus being the son of Zeus and Danae, so we can now see that Zeus, with his great-granddaughter, has produced Heracles. Incest. Don't really understand why it is so normalized, Um, although there may be, in one thought, like the concept of how it's bad for mortals, but the immortals can do things that mortals can't, and maybe that's it, I don't know. So, with Heracles recruited though, let's detail the action. So what I'm going to do to talk about this Gigantamaki is I'm just going to talk about every single giant independently, as they all have more or less one-on-one duels, and then we'll move from there. So first, we have Alcyoneus, he was thought to be the most powerful of the giants alongside Porphyrion, and when Heracles shot him on Palini, he watched the giant drop dead and then revive as he learned from Athena that Alcyoneus was immortal on Paolini. Thus, Athena advised Heracles to just drag Alcyoneus outside of Paolini, and Heracles obliged, and then Alcyoneus dropped dead once he was pulled outside. Slight digression for Alcyoneus, because we'll probably not talk about him again. Alcyoneus drove Helios' c- cattle from Erytheia, which is why in the Odyssey we will encounter them on Thranacria. So that's just a fun little fact that Helios' cattle actually used to be on Erytheia until they got driven away. Next, we have Agrius and Thoas. So they had to face the Fates, Moirai slash in a fight. This is the one instance, as far as I'm aware, that the Fates fight. I don't- that just doesn't make- that doesn't compute. Never heard it, I don't think it occurs again though. And the Fates with brazen clubs just beat the poor duo to death. Yeah, they are apparently much more violent than we expected. Then we have Clytius. Hecate, or Hecate, utilizing these firebrand slash torches that she always carried, just burned the man to death. Which is honestly pretty brutal. And there's actually a whole duel in the second percy jackson series between hecate and clytius and it was pretty intense honestly from what i can remember although i read it a couple years ago so i don't really know anymore how intense it really was then we have enceladus who just merely got dunked on by athena with the island of sicily this is the other version i mentioned last episode where he is under mount etna instead of typhon or maybe they are both just chilling there but if we like think about it That seems weird that they didn't just break out at that point with having two such powerful beings just sitting under an island. Anyways, next we have Ephialtes. Rip this guy. So Apollo and Heracles both shot him one in each eye. So they both shot an arrow into each of his eyes. So Apollo shot his left eye and Heracles his right eye. That is an awful way to go out and become blind. So the way you can remember this left and right eye thing is if you remember the line, like Apollo and Heracles, Apollo's on the left of the end and Heracles is on the right of the end. Maybe that's a way to remember it. Next, we have Eurytus. He was killed by Dionysus with a blow of his thyrsus. So thyrsus is just like this staff with like a pine cone on the end. And I don't really understand how that kills someone. I can understand getting hit with a pine cone on the end of a stick hurts, but killing someone? not really sure, but that is just how Dionysus, or Bacchus, I should say, uh, got rid of him. Next, we have Gratian. Artemis just shot this man through the heart, like just straight up one tapped him through the heart. So yeah, that was just like her little, like, oh, here I am. Hippolytus, this fight's actually a little interesting. So Hermes, using the Helm of Hades, sometimes referred to as the Helm of Darkness, which made him invisible, killed him that way. So Hippolytus literally could not see her- Hermes and just died to him. Then we have Maimas, Hephaestus, when in the only time I've seen him like actually just a very violent mode and used all these red hot iron clumps and burned the man to death that way. I assume just by excru- excruciating pain, like we already draw our hand away instinctively against hot things and he just throws these iron clumps that are burning hot at him. Iron gets to pretty high temperatures. That does not sound like a great experience. Pallas, next on the list. Oddly coincidental that Athena killed him, if we remember how she accidentally killed her childhood friend, also named Pallas. Either way, she flayed the man alive as he ran off. I'm not going to really describe what flaying is. It hurts a lot, though. You can look it up if you really care that much. But yeah, she just flays the man alive. So yeah, pretty brutal. Athena is pretty metal, I guess. Then we have Polybotes. So Poseidon actually just chased him all the way to the island of Kos. There, he broke off a part of the isle, called Nisiron and buried Polybotes below it. Seemingly, at this point, I don't even know if the giants are that big of a task. Like, you know, they're kind of annoying in that they can only be killed with immortal and mortal blows. But the gods are breaking off islands and throwing islands on people. There's, like, clearly a power gap here, right? Like, that, that isn't just me but they're supposed to be really difficult, and I assume maybe it's just this that herb would have made them a lot harder, but because it got removed, it's a pretty swift defeat. We finally have Porphyrion, incorrectly rendered as King of the Giants in Percy Jackson. He is, though, Zeus's antithesis in this battle. So he, alongside Alcyonius, are said to be the strongest, and so he first tried to attack Heracles and Hera, which honestly is a good aim to attack Heracles because you remove the mortal that you need to deal with. But... Zeus filled him with lust for Hera, and then he tried to rape Hera instead. Zeus, out of rage, which is kind of interesting because he caused this, bolted the man with the thunderbolt as Heracles shot him with an arrow. With that swift end, we have pretty much detailed entirely the entire Gigantomachy, but let's discuss a little like what this conclusion means and what this battle meant. So first thing is, we should have noticed a theme of people either actually dying because of this prophecy being fulfilled or being buried under islands. The last two fights have been against actual immortal beings, so it is pretty interesting to think that a mix of immortal and mortal would have been the third fight. Um, Seemingly, in this cementing of supremacy, this may be a little indication that the mortals are kind of useful and not entirely useless. That may be the symbolism of whom Heracles is. But yeah, so what this means, though, explicitly, is that the gods are now the official supreme rulers of the universe. There's no one to challenge them. There are people to test their temper, really, um, but no one to actually contend with them on any notable scale. So yeah, that is pretty much everything about the Gigantamaki. It is a pretty short episode, and it's pretty easy to understand all the information, As these battles tend to be, it's a lot of just getting information, associating with people, and putting that all together. But now we've more or less concluded Zeus's rise to supremacy and have finished the first part of this big podcast, which is the Olympians being at the top. We will now move on to next episode where I will talk about just a random assortment of myths. It will be kind of just for fun, and there will be little stories here and there that are just so obscure you would never encounter them. That is the point of me talking about them. So yeah, that will be the final episode of what we could consider Season 1. Then we will move on to Season 2, where we will start talking about the Olympian deities and give them all profiles as we discuss all the various stories that they all have. Other than that, as always, I hope this was educational, fun, and interesting. I hope I was not too dry. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or complaints, you have my email. Other than that, I will see you next time where we talk about just some random myths. Take care.